All right, and welcome to the CXM Experience. As always, I am your host, Grad Khan, CXO or Chief Experience Officer at Sprinkler. And I'm going to have a fun time today. We're going to take a bit of a break from potato salad and uh, our usual uh, you know, potpourri of recipes. And today we're going to talk about experience selling. And uh, this is something that's near and dear to my heart because it really goes to how do you explain change? How do you explain the process of experience? How do you get people to understand and buy into experiences. And this is actually, I think, one of the key issues in most experience transformations inside companies, in that often we tend to approach it from a tool standpoint. Uh, here's the tools we need to buy. Here are the platforms we need to buy. Here are the applications we need to connect. Here are the APIs we need to have. Here are the databases that we need to connect to. It's a you know very technical back-end type discussion. And and often in all that discussion, there's a, a sense that when this is all connected, something will happen, but there's not real clarity around what is going to happen. And what's been interesting to me over many, many years in my career is that this is the typical motion. And it's amazing how often we don't actually prototype the type of experience we really want to land with our customers. And uh, I don't know why. I think it it might be because there's a lot of alternatives, like I could click here, I could click here, I could click there, right? So it's sort of almost overwhelming in the number of choices. And so we, we choose nothing. Uh, or it might just be like, what tool do we use to do that? There's not really a tool, but like there's, there's that sort of issue. Or maybe there's something around, hey, um, that's just not the mindset. And because the mindset is, this seems to be an IT project. But I'm going to kind of push against that sort of gently and forcefully uh, today and talk a little bit about uh, experience flows, something we call broken flows at Microsoft and something that we're doing at Sprinkler in experience selling, which I'm super excited about. And we've got some incredible people in the company doing some really great work. So let me start to go back to a kind of a little bit of a story, uh, sort of a fun story. And I, I feel like I'm not really telling tales out of school anymore, because this is from a pretty long time ago. Uh, it would be the launch of Windows 8, which was in uh, 2012, so October 2012. It was a quotation marks bet the company move uh, by the executive leadership team. And, um, um, and it worked out actually amazingly well but not necessarily in the way we all expected it to work out. And um, Windows 8 was a bit different from uh, previous operating systems because it used an, used an app framework. Uh, Steve Sanofsky was the, the, the head of Windows at the time and uh, allowed you to basically have a tablet form factor on your PC or a PC form factor. And uh, I loved Windows 8, just for the record. That's much maligned. Um, but I love the idea that the OS was off the edges of the computer screen. Um, we did produce a really nice frame that showed where all the OS functions were. And I think if we had delivered more of those, it would have made a big difference. But I love the idea that there's essentially essentially a, an extra set of interfaces that were in the invisible air around the machine. Most people hated that. So, so I think I was, I was definitely in the minority on that. But it was pretty neat. And I love the swiping motions. I thought the 
the initial UI of Windows 8 was was gorgeous and is uh, almost poetic uh, using it. So that's kind of perspective on Windows 8. Nonetheless, uh, it, it was a it was a total failure. Uh, <laughs> And, and and part of the challenge was to get people to build apps for it. Uh, and if you didn't have the apps, it was really hard to get customers to buy it and use it because you know, if you couldn't use your bank app, you're not going to buy that. Um, this is also one of the major problems for the Windows Phone is ultimately none of the banks built apps for it. And if you couldn't at least check your banking balance on your phone, you know what good is it? So we had to you know build apps. Now, sorry. I thought, you know, when Windows 8 was coming out, I thought, hmm, you know, I kind of like to be one of the first developers to have, you know, an app in the Windows 8 machine, right? Uh, now, I had at the time a little side hustle called Site Shuffle, uh, which was a bookmarking site for websites. It's kind of a fun little way of, it's kind of sort of like a launch pad uh, for websites and for favorites, like a favorites. And it was not, it was like no revenue. It was like literally for fun and for experimentation. And I used like all my Apollo space pictures to do the site and I had a really, a really fun time building it. And it was like pure amusement value. Uh, but I thought site shuffle would be well suited to a windows eight app. And I thought, why don't I get a windows eight site shuffle app built and then be one of the very first apps in the windows eight app store. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be fun? And wouldn't that be sort of a nice way to support the company and in the place where I was working? So that's what that's what I did. And, um, you know, it was not a very complicated build. Um, the swipe controls were really well suited to what Site Shuffle was trying to do. It was actually almost a better app uh, in the Windows 8 swipe context than it was in the desktop context of uh, Windows 9. Or excuse me, <laughs> Windows 9, um, the uh, better in the context of Windows 7. Um, people sometimes ask what happened to Windows 9 because we went from 8 to 10, right? And uh, uh, they say that 7, 8, 9. But I'm cha. So anyway, so um, I am a totally geeky out on Windows 8 right now. I have not talked about Windows 8 in so long. I have this giant grin on my face right now just remembering, that was a fun, crazy time in the company. I, I miss I miss those days. Uh, anyway, so um, coming back to this, I got the thing built. Uh, it was great. And then I proceeded to put it into the Windows 8 App Store. And it was a free app, so it didn't cost anything to download. And uh, it was rejected. And the first reason was like some kind of privacy thing. And then I put it back in again and then it was rejected and then it was some other issue. And then I put it back in and it was rejected. And, and then it was like, then it got lost. And then, and then over the course of several months, my fun little idea, just like, you know, kind of like, you know, Christmas vacation when he can't get all the lights to work on the house, but he's, he's just going to make the Santa light up, you know, with the little reindeer, just like something simple, something beautiful. <laughs> and that doesn't work either. It's the same idea. I just wanted to like, just my little free app. I'm not trying to make any money on it. Never made any money on it. Never charged for it. Just, just wanted my little thing to work and just be a beautiful little example of Windows 8 swipe controls. Well, at some point, um, I went from that wonderful sentiment to red hot rage at how difficult this was to get this thing. In. And it was just a simple app okay, to get this thing into the store. And I was talking to 
my manager, the legendary Allison Watson. And uh, I was just, I was just kind of venting. I think we were probably, it was probably a Friday night and we're probably, we, in one of our many uh, sort of Friday night drinking sessions uh, as a team. And I was probably just kind of waxing eloquent about how ridiculous this was. And when Allison said, well, you know, maybe you could detail that for us because if you're having trouble getting it into the store, maybe everybody is. And I thought to myself, my God, she's right. Like if, if, if as a Microsoft employee with a free app, if I couldn't get that thing listed, what nightmares were the other developers out there going through to try to make it happen? So that was the birth of the first broken flow. And what we did is we actually detailed the process and there's typically breakdowns between a marketing pass off to an engineering function. So uh, there'd be like sign-ins that would be run by engineering and there'd be marketing flows. And that, that juncture point was typically where things would break and, and not work well. And what ended up turning into a whole discipline around broken flows, we did, you know, dozens and dozens, maybe potentially even a hundred different broken flows over time, showing how we can optimize different parts of the company, uh, different trial flows. It was an amazing exercise. I ended up having a whole little tiny department inside the marketing organization devoted to broken flows. Uh, we had the agencies working on it. And what that did teach me is it taught me the value of experience flows, showing how people experience uh, an application or experience uh, a some kind of operating system or whatever. And so um, here I am at Sprinkler. And you know, we're talking to all these customers who are you know, looking at transforming the way that they interact with their customers. And then we end up in these discussions with, you know, architecture diagrams and, you know, like middle layers and, you know, data layers and all these like, you know, connected this and connected that and APIs and they all look like engineering diagrams. And I realized, you know, we're going about this the wrong way. And so as I started working across the company, there are some of the people in the company, uh, mostly in our solutions group, who have actually started making flows that show what the consumer does. And so and I'll give you a kind of a quick example. There was a, a really nice one done the other day for uh, one of the large banks uh, in the UK. And basically um, they profiled a person, 29 year old software engineer um, was looking for a new flat and uh, kind of aware of the bank um, sends out a tweet saying, Hey, uh, I'm, buying my first flat, do you know any good mortgages, gets replies from people, uh, and then the bank itself weighs in. And then it goes through a process of the bank engaging with her in a conversational commerce flow in order to help her connect to a mortgage, find a mortgage, buy a mortgage, get her flat, make her a fan, bring her into the community, allow her to be uh, an advocate for the brand, and have ongoing interactions. And this whole flow uses AI, it uses bots, uses conversational commerce, uses engagement, uses customer care. It's both mobile and desktop. I mean, it uses sort of all the parts of the Sprinter Buffalo, right? Like the whole Dakota Buffalo sort of philosophy, every single part of it's in there. But what's beautiful about this is that artifact that the team created, and this is Will Eaves that created this, by the way, Shout out to Will. Um, what Will did is he created an artifact where the people in the bank could actually go to each other and say, is this the kind of customer experience that we want to land? Is this something that we want to have happen to our customers and for our customers? And, and how would it feel if we did that? 
And so what it does is it enables people to imagine what a new experience would be like. We call this experience selling. And if you work with Sprinkler, you're going to see a lot more experience selling in the future. Um, there are multiple examples of it already. Um, but what you'll see us do is show up not with a bunch of speeds and feeds and back end, you know, this is what the Vivo feature needs to be connected to the Gwitzer, but it's going to be much more about what experience do you want to land with your customers? And then based on that, we'll talk about what needs to happen in order to make that a reality. Uh, and all that technical stuff's super duper important, but it needs to come after the experience that you're benchmarking against. So experience selling. Uh, if you're not doing it right now, look into it. Uh, look into thinking about prototyping experiences as a way of aligning your organization around the type of experiences you want your customers to have. Uh, that's all for today on this, but we will be talking about this a lot more in the future. Uh, this, I think, is a pretty important part of what we want to do at the CXM experience. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, somewhere in between potato salad recipes, I'll be slipping in uh, more of these as well. And that's it for today. So for the CXM experience, I'm Greg Kahn, CXO at Sprinkler, and I'll see you next time.